on this episode of Japan 2.0. It was the worst case scenario conditions. for Japan yeah. snowboarding in so many ways. And for me, I still feel very, um, every day, I'm like looking up, can I get back? Mystical world of game and wonder, arcade sensors like no other nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, every moment, everything you see when I jump all on it. Damn, walking through these halls, my childhood is written on these walls. Well, hello. Nice to see you there. Welcome to Japan 2.0. Sasha Buri desu. Sasha Buri. This is David and... This is Matthew. That's right. Or Matt. You just call me Matt. We're, we're on that, that close close name basis. Us Japan 2.0 listeners and I. That's right. We got a rare podcast coming for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it seems like well past due, I think. <laughs> the last one was getting old in Japan. Yes. And now we are coming at you with... Matt and David do Hakuba. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, now that we've done our senile episode, <laughs> go back to the last episode where That's we right. talk about like losing our faculties in Japan. We don't remember, <laughs> so you got to remind us and tell us. <laughs> yeah. No, that was uh, yeah, a topic that I think about all the time. Very much. Uh, that one's close to me that I've been thinking about a lot lately since we recorded it even, too. Yeah, you know, after we recorded it, I know we've talked a lot about... Um, how there's a lot of like cool things for adults to do and i know um i know some listeners said well maybe you've been outside of the states for a long period of time and uh i know that people have told me that just in my daily conversations as well they're like well there all there's all sorts of cool stuff to do in the states like for older people like Everybody that likes hip hop and stuff goes to hip hop shows, you know, and they're all, it's all like people your age, you know? And uh, so maybe, maybe it's just, you know, we don't, we don't know. Anyways, go back to that episode. You you weigh in, you 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 weigh in in the comments, you know? I I personally would be in the camp of, I'd be really surprised if that's true. Me me too, me too. And I think that the, the one thing that people forget is that, um, living in a Japanese cities or in Japanese cities like well at least I live in a Japanese mm-hmm. city you're a little more rural than than I am yeah. but uh, you just have access to everything all the time you know it doesn't matter you don't have to drive you could drink you could take the train you could come home you know it's like easy peasy you know whereas in the states at least in the places I've lived you have to drive you have to find parking yeah. you know it's all that's all expensive you know you if you go out to eat that's super expensive too and then you go to a show or something and then if you drove you can't drink and you know there's all these things that get in the way of like enjoying i feel like fully enjoying yourself yeah in my opinion it's but. a transition but also not to get too far ahead but today we're talking about hakuba and our snowboarding trip there yeah and within the snowboarding here i think part of the reason i'm really attracted to it going back to the episode is at least the style of snowboarding i like is called snow surfing I would say the average age of a snow surfer style snowboarder here in Japan is going to be mid-40s. 45 is probably the average age. So when you see certain style of boards, they have the swallowtail boards on, 
typically are wearing more muted colors, although I, I definitely have very bright color clothing on uh, my snowboarding get up. But they almost always wear natural greens and browns, and they just have a certain look to them, you know? There's a certain style of riding, too. Yeah. But, and they're the younger snowboarder in Japan's uh, more that it's gonna be doing the tricks, the flips, and all that stuff, you know? And they're gonna be in their 20s and all, all that stuff, like you expect. But uh, I would say generally, like the snowboarding scene of like an avid snowboarder in Japan is a little bit older than I would have thought. And I guess it comes with all things in Japan. But when I think of snowboarders back home, I just think of yeah, a bunch of young 20-something like skaters doing all the flips and stuff. And you have that here in Japan. But I would say it's not your average snowboarder. Those are kind of the exception, um, at least where I'm going. Yeah. I don't see a lot of like the park 20-year-olds drinking the Red Bulls. That exists. But the avid snowboarder I see is more someone in their 40s here who's kind of cruising around and uh, has high-end gear, putting all their money into like this really high-end gear. And um, I think it's part of the reason that I am in the snowboarding is it does feel like, um, you know, if I'm not doing flips and stuff that I'm not getting laughed at, or if I try that stuff and I'm not great at it, then that's kind of like what a lot of the other uh, people at my level are, are too, you know? You don't have to be crazy high adrenaline junkie to kind of fit in, you know, to that crowd. Yeah, um, you know, for me, like, since this was my first trip, snowboarding in japan it's kind of like a bucket list item so i'll check that one off the bucket list yeah. right uh but uh i felt like it was i was more i guess varied Ooh. than i thought however i think you're right like the the people that are you know like the japanese borders were of our age and older you know where a lot of international borders were the younger mm. couples or families and, and things like that or yeah. you know uh, like we'll get into i'm sure and like uh in your episode about snowboarding your previous episode about so snowboarding go back and re listen to that one um there was an, a big australian you know community mm. right there's like a lot of australians there doing the work visas and they're all young people they're all in their 20s you know yeah but um but yeah, no, it, it was it was interesting to see that variety of people. Yeah. But yeah, I think you I think you're kind of onto something that like the Japanese borders are are of our like around our age or a little older. You know? So I don't know. Again, I don't know about just like the viewers or some of your friends they mentioned. Like maybe we we are out of touch with this happening in the states. 100 percent with the topic of snowboarding too. Japan definitely has this whole kind of Burton obsession, mm. and it's. Not the snow surfer that I just mentioned, but there's a, the kind of more family style rider in Japan. Burton is kind of like seen as a very cool company here still. And I don't know if it's that way in the States. My imagination in the States is that's kind of like a um, very cookie cutter, generic. They are still a family company from my understanding, but like it's kind of generic, you know, if you see someone rocking Burton. I don't know if that's true or not. You can, you can tell me how true that is. But in Japan, Burton's seen as definitely like pretty cool still for the average person. And that to me is like a super 90s culture. Mm. I feel that way too, because I'm a child of the 90s. When I see Burton, I'm like, wow, it's so cool, you know, wearing Burton. Like, the 90s have come back, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you know, get out your Junko <laughs> jeans, you know? But I guess that's what I'm saying with like snowboarding is such a 90s culture that maybe it attracts an older crowd. I do think that maybe, you, I could be wrong on this, but it's just a feeling I have that there are like younger people getting into skiing. Or when I, maybe it's showing that I'm old, but I think I'm young. I think skiing is totally for like old rich people, you know, and snowboarding is for like younger, kind of, uh, you know, more bohemian crowd. 
Well, that was definitely, I mean, the era that we grew up, like, snowboarding was that, right? Like, yeah. I, it, like any of my aunts and uncles or anybody that was going skiing that I knew, they were like, I'm a skier. I've been skiing for years, yeah. you know? And I was like, well, skiing seems <laughs> seems dull. You go golfing, you play yeah. tennis, you go skiing, right? Where I never could relate to the, that but, kind of circle. I mean, I saw people flying down the, the, the slopes that looked fun, you know? Like, I mean, I don't think... There's that much of a difference, really? Like, Oh, now but, I know that there's not. Yeah. I mean, there is a divide. There's definitely still, like, a, a beef in the world, but... I'm sure. Anyhow, not to get too into it. Let's just start, let's zoom back, and we'll kind of get more into the actual snowboarding stuff, but just going to... So, in case you don't know, Hakuba is a, one of the many places in Nagano Prefecture where you can go skiing and snowboarding. Uh, Nagano's got the Japanese Alps, so there's all these places out there. Uh, other famous ones are Shigokogen... There's another one called Nozawa, Nozawa Ansen, mm. and then Hakuba. I'd say those are the biggest three just off the top of my head. And Hakuba is known more for an international community. Um, so there's going to be some Westerners there. Uh, well, you can speak English anywhere you go, I would say. That's the reputation. I, That's why I sold it on that. Too, you so. used to always tell me like it's like going to Australia or another country. Yeah. <laughs> It honestly felt like I was in Australia or somewhere else. I mean, not the snow, of course, but yeah. I think for some people that might be a turnoff, especially if you're coming to Japan to go skiing, you might want something more Japanese. And if you did in the Nagano area, I'd recommend to you one of the other two I mentioned, but Nozawa Onsen is going to have a very Japanese feel to the Onsen town. Um, where for us, we live here and we don't, it's expensive to leave the walls of Japan. Yeah. So for me, it's kind of the appeal is to get a little bit of, um, some taste from maybe not back home exactly but you know in that kind of profile but it's expensive to leave the walls of your city in japan <laughs> like just travel just domestically is not particularly cheap yeah i always said that before but now the international travel is so much more expensive my money's in yen yeah so if you're talking about yen the domestic travel seems a lot cheaper still like it's expensive it's all relative right it's expensive but <laughs> international travel has gone up in the last three four years oh yeah 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 so no doubt but where domestic travel hasn't like the Shinkansen tickets have gone up a tiny bit we've right? been living in Japan though when these prices have gone up so for us yeah. it's just inflation right so if things five haven't gotten any cheaper you know it's just uh, <laughs> it's just uh, five years ago I would agree with you like oh yeah you, just, you could go abroad for almost as much as you can stay in Japan but now it's going abroad. Well, like going back to the states is like would have been triple what we spent on this trip. I'm yeah. sure, but um, and for us, Nagano is much cheaper than going to Hokkaido too. Yeah, Hokkaido. I just booked the trip there. That's that's expensive. And I mean, one of the great things about going to Hakuba for for me Ooh. was I didn't have to fly, didn't have to drive. Like yeah. you could really take the train from Osaka mm -hmm. to Hakuba and you, you get almost all the way to where you need to go like there was one shuttle I needed to get to my lodge mm. but which was you know provided by the lodge I mean that's the kind of lodge you want to you want to book yeah. but um yeah I, I took the train we took the trains all the way there and uh, there's a reason for that I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit more or I could go into that now. As yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But... so you stopped in a place on the way called Matsumoto. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got to talk. There's yeah. we got to take one more step back. Yeah. So, David, David, and I have been talking about this for a long time. Going on snowboarding, and I've I've mentioned interest. I I, I love snowboarding back in California. I didn't get many opportunities to do it. 
but every time I went, I had a lot of fun. I've never had like really good snow conditions either or anything like that. And I've heard, you know, David comes back from his trips talking up these, these amazing snow, you know, mm. snow journeys. And I, I was like, well, this is, this is my chance to do it. And, uh, but now I have a dog, right? So what are we going to do with the dog? So I started looking into it and, uh, it, so it turns out that Hakuba is one of the friendliest places for dogs in like for the snowboarding in Japan. So I was able to book a whole trip with a couple of different stops. Uh, the reason being, you know, our dog is new to travel, so we didn't want to keep him in his like container for too long. And, uh, uh, so we just made all these stops on the way and uh, we found places that were dog friendly and pup friendly. You could take the, the dog on the trains for the most part. Uh, there was one train that we had to pay for the dog. But other than that, like uh, the Shinkansen, they didn't charge us for the dog or Which one did you have to pay? So from Matsumoto mm -hmm. to Hakuba. Okay. They asked us uh, to buy a dog ticket. Uh, did they stop you on the tracks or like on, uh, on the car? Or the when we were getting onto the the, the turnstiles, yeah. they said, uh, "Did you pay for the the dog ticket?" Oh. Maybe we would have had to have paid for yeah, one, yeah, yeah. you know. But it was super cheap. It was like three hundred yen, oh, okay. so it wasn't like ex super expensive. Then they just put a little tag on his his box, oh. uh, his carrier, and um, but yeah, but I mean, the reason why we took, you know, I don't drive. We don't drive. Um, my wife doesn't drive. So it was just uh, the fact that we could get all the way there on the train was, I mean, great. Like, that was super, super great. And uh, the fact that we could bring our dog along and we didn't have to find a sitter for him. Yeah. And, yeah, we spent a little more on the, the hotels that we stayed at and the lodges that we stayed at. But not that much more. I got a pretty good deal on the lodge. We went off-season, so that's something we should mention. Um it was a week before the actual snowboarding seasons and skiing season started. Yeah, peak season starts from basically Christmas to the end of February. Yep. And we were there a week before that. Yeah. We'll, be, we'll get into it eventually. So things were a little bit cheaper too, which yeah. was good. But um, you, I'll just, you, get, you take a big risk going at that time because there could be very little snow and things won't be open. Yeah. Um, and it almost felt that way. Like we weren't going to get it. <laughs> we weren't going to luck out. Yeah. <laughs> to some degree that kind of happened, but let's talk more about the journey and stuff. Yeah. So, so I that, stopped in Matsumoto. Yeah. That is where we stopped. Did you like, as you first started seeing snow and stuff from the train, were you guys like excited? Cause I, like, I remember us going there, looking out the train, seeing snow and just being like, Oh my gosh, this no. is just like a different, no, so you you have your story, uh, um, you know, avid listeners from listening to that first episode of snowboarding would know that like you know you had this magical experience seeing the snow and all that. For us, we didn't get that at all. When we arrived in Matsumoto, we spent the night there, and there was like oh, maybe a little bit of snow like here and there, you know, off. But it was just cold up on the mountain, like surrounded by mountains. Uh, yeah, there were some mountains, so we. Luckily, our hotel had a view of the mountains, and it was pretty pretty. It wasn't the best view of things, but it was nice, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the mountains were really, really, there was snow-capped, mm -hmm. but there was nothing on, like, the surrounding areas, yeah. really, you know. Maybe a pile, like I said, here or there. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it looked all very gray, very brown, you know. It wasn't it wasn't beautiful going, going there. Mm -hmm. But... Uh, 
So when we got into Hakuba, there, th th that's when we started seeing like snow covered, but it was very short. It was like 20 minutes on the, the last 20 minutes on the train right. when it, we got into that area and it, we were, had to get ready to get off and Ooh. stuff, you know, it wasn't like, but I didn't have the same experience you Ooh. had. However, uh, it was very nice once we started it, to see it. But when we got into Hakuba, there wasn't that much snow there anyway. Like right. a lot of it was like older snow. Um, so a lot of it was like packed down already to ice and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, uh, our first day there, there wasn't there wasn't all that much. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, but that being said, our lodge was very pretty. You yeah. know, like. Uh, you know, it's the forest, it's a lot of evergreens and stuff, so a lot of the greenness happened, Ooh. you know, the air is very fresh. It's an old Olympic village, yeah. so there are, like, all these real cute chapels and stuff near our hotel. Yeah, they chalets, right? Yeah, yeah, the chalets. And we were able to walk, like, a, a, um, a little pathway that took us to, like, a little field where they had a little more snow over there, and, uh, you know, we could let our dog run, and there was nobody over there and stuff. It was really nice. So that's the place called Watanoa Village, where Matt was. That's where the Olympics were, like you said. And that was definitely one of the more upscale parts of town. Yeah. Um, it's got, like, an old kind of feel to it. Um, but then they're redeveloping a lot, too. So it has, like, these kind of old, nice places. The big chalets. They almost look like... I don't know how to describe them. Just big cottages and small cottages. A lot of flame. Do you see any of the flame lit places? I, you know what? You mentioned it, and yeah, I, at, yeah, all it. of our walks, I never <laughs> saw it. Yeah. Okay. There's some nicer hotels that have, like, flames on the outside lighting them up. And that has a really quaint, kind of nice feel over there, right? Mm. You're by the rabbit hole, which is a staple for uh, Westerners in Hakuba, uh, right? Oh, yeah. Australian run and operated. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and, uh... The good food. You, yeah, you guys have yeah. probably been more than me at this point, right? Even often? Mm. Very often. Yeah. And, um... Yeah, then I was in an area called Echo Land, which is more of a maybe younger area. There's more hostels over there. Definitely still, you know, there's nicer places over there, too. Uh, we liked a restaurant, a Mexican place, is called Cantina, but it's now turned into just more of a Western Australian-style food called Calico, uh, which is good, pretty reasonable prices, similar to, to Rabbit Hole. But, um, yeah, the town feeling, how would you kind of describe it overall? Like, I mean, many Australia, we joke, but, like, yeah, it, I mean, it's very, uh, it's very, sorry, I keep getting a whiff of, like, urine, <laughs> urine at this part. I smell smoke. Yeah, you smell yet. that? I smell smoke. But... Oh, smoke? Okay. Yeah. Well, it smells kind of urinish yeah, to me. it could be. But, um, uh, yeah, so sorry if I lose my train of thought a bit. But, uh. Park. Uh, yeah, Hakuba. the area. Yeah, Hakuba, the area. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 to me it felt like right? a very. It did feel though similar to like a place like Big Bear or something yeah. where the cabins and stuff look less log cabinish, mm. right? But they are lodges, you know. What I mean, they, that's what they are. Like they have the snow cap, you know. They're all brown, mm. you know. They look very cozy. Mm. Um, the the place we stayed, you know, it wasn't quite the nicest. Yeah. I mean, it was good. Uh, it was the Panketo Lodge. Okay. It allows dogs, so if you have a dog, you can bring it there. From the outside, um, it looks really nice. Outside, it's really nice. Uh, the inside, it's very small rooms. Mm. At least the room we got was very small. Um, the toilet, the bathroom area had a smell similar to like the smell <laughs> I'm smelling right now. Um, but it, it, it was very, uh, you know, like 
old, old plumbing or something. Yeah. But the, the room itself looked very nice. Um, it was very warm, very cozy. And then the lodge area was all very, the shared room. Mm -hmm. All that area was really good too. So, I mean, would I give it a, a perfect? No. Yeah. But would I give it like a high rating? Yeah, I'd give <coughs> it like three and a half to four stars, right? Yeah. Where I enjoyed my stay there. Once again, they accepted our dog. Yeah. yeah that's pretty cool. So besides these two areas, Hakuba and Nisekos and Hokkaido, I would say lodging and ski areas in Japan is, uh, leaves a lot to be desired. And so we're trying to book a trip right now, somewhere more local in Kansai area. And it's a good reminder of that. You're always going to be sharing bathrooms. Oh. Um, places are... We didn't have to do that, luckily. Yeah. Places are older. The problem is, oh, yeah, that's fine, but you expect to pay very little. But the prices are kind of high, and you're sharing all these things. Old facilities, there's no food anywhere nearby. So one of the special things, you're saying this is like Big Ben. I don't have any, you know, thing to compare it to in the States because I only started snowboarding here. But, you know, that's that's big for Japan to have a comparison to anywhere nice like Mammoth or Big Ben or anything because the natural mountains here are very good. The snow is very famous. And I don't know if it's because of that that they feel like they don't have to do anything else because people are just going to come. You know, if they if you build it, they will come. Like that, what's that Kevin Costner movie? Yeah, yeah. I don't know feel the dreams. Feel the dreams. I don't know if it's like the feel the snow, you know, where they're just very confident in the snow and people are just going to come no matter what. Um, but yeah, it is rough going. A lot. I've had a lot of cold food, just sleeping on the floor. And um, yeah, it's, it's usually rough. So this is kind of one of the few areas that has more of that Western style. Yeah. Um, which is cool to and, see the West and East meet. And I will say it is kind of like half halfway there because um what they do is like i said our lodge was run by australians and they they hired them from australia and this is like their some of them it seemed like their first job there was one one woman that was working at our uh young woman that was working at our lodge and she was great like she had answers for everything anytime i asked her she was super helpful and I said, like, how you, you know, how long have you been doing this? And she was like, ah, this is my second week here. And so, like, I mean, just for, you could tell a natural, right? Yeah. Like, she, she could run a hotel, I'm sure, yeah. in, in her future. But, um, but not everybody was that way, right? So sometimes we were asking for, like, water. Can we get, like, a bottle of water? Oh, we're all out of water, <laughs> you know? Like, mm. it seemed like, I don't know if we have that here, you know? Like, there was a lot of that kind of stuff going yeah. on. So, um, although like our, our lodging was really nice, you know, it did kind of feel like, like you never knew what was going to happen when you were asking for something, you know, they were cooking the, all of our breakfasts. We had a continental breakfast where they made like, you know, yeah, it would just be simple breakfasts. Some days it would be toast and eggs. Some days it would be like a piece of bacon and like a hash brown mm. and a, some scrambled eggs. But you could tell this was like the first time cooking, you know, <laughs> like yeah, where yeah. it was the same people, you know, helping that had just got here to Japan. Mm. So they're kind of all thrown into the deep end. And I think, you know, coming to off season, it didn't give them that extra week to like prepare. Uh, so I was a little nervous with certain things. Like uh, we send our, our luggage through um, Yamato. Yamato, is it? Or Yam Yamata, yeah. Yamata. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. black cat. Kuroneko, Kuroneko yeah. you might know. And this was the first time you you, you told me about this. Strong uh, recommend, yeah. Yeah, where we sent our luggage from our home. Well, basically from our home. There's a, a, a Yamato not far from our house. And we sent it to the lodge. 
But then when we were coming back, we were like, okay, how do we send this back? And everybody was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. And so we kind of had to leave it on faith that like somebody would figure it out. So I filled out all the paperwork myself. I was like, okay, I think I know how the paperwork goes. And I I put it on the bag and I said, can you please show whoever knows, (laughs) you know, when they get there. And uh, it came home, no problem. Okay. So they did it. They did a good job. I'm, I'm sure Must my girl, my, my, my girl, team, my girl team. was yeah. there, you know, helping out. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, uh, it, it was an interesting experience. There were some times where we were asking for stuff, and they they seemed kind of like they didn't know what was going on. We tried to use the shuttle a few times, and they were kind of iffy about that. So I've only ever been in Hakuba the first week. This is no, that's a lie, actually. I've done twice in the first week. Last year I did spring, which is deep into the season, right? And it definitely feels like in that first week, you know, people are just they're first from the country. They don't know what's going on. But it also, I think, speaks to, like, we're in Japan and we have certain expectations of service, you know? Yeah. And the uh, dichotomy between the two cultures, you know, is strong. However, that being said, like, at the rabbit hole, I was actually this time thought, man, everyone's just so nice and smiley here there's something about it there's a certain warmth there that i feel i don't get at a japanese place it's not a knock on japan it's probably just me speaking the language you know but just having like a little chat or banter was kind of nice i liked the rabbit hole uh, yeah, yeah. experience you know uh, very ev- fast service no too, ev- everybody was great um you know it really was a good um i think good advertisement for the australian yeah. community you know yeah. it made me really think like oh yeah i should go to australia someday and people my, are this nice that was you my know? takeaway too uh and and cool you know yeah. they're all very cool super people. easy to talk yeah. to and uh the, i mean the only thing was the only thing i have to complain about is they they were if we had like a little bit of food left on our plate they always tried to grab oh, like yeah. the food off our table and i was like i think they're just i'm, I'm just gonna i feel like I'm they're overstaffed honestly like it's like they're bored and just trying to like have good service maybe yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. it was too much yeah but it, uh, i mean other than that I, it's really just a small uh, uh, not even a nitpick it's just a joke really uh i, I thought they were terrific you know Ooh. everybody that was working at the our lodge and then at the rabbit hole i thought they were great yeah so I've been to Hakuba with the car and without, and it's definitely the kind of place you, you want a car uh, yeah. for. Is this we, the first time with car? The second time. Okay. Uh, we went in spring season with the car. With, so there's not spring season, there's no snow on the ground or anything, you know? So driving is a breeze in spring. Or this time we were concerned. When you drive a car and you don't have like a four-wheel drive, it's this weird feeling of you want it to snow a ton because you want there to be great snow to snowboard, but you don't want to snow so much that like driving is scary, you know? And it's a super fine line, and you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, or spring season, I would say it's kind of nice because spring season, you know, you're just going to be on old snow anyway, you know, yeah. so that's what the expectation is. And then it's like really nice to drive. But, um, yeah, the shuttle system, they have a pretty robust shuttle system. Ooh-wee. I was f- trying on the last day, the day after you guys left. Yeah. Cause spoiler alert, we had no snow at the beginning. We got a ton of snow at the end. Yep. I was almost going to suggest to take the shuttles to my family on that last day. So we didn't have to drive. And I saw that each resort, like Yoru, for example, had its own shuttle that wasn't the Hakuba Valley shuttle, too. So there's more than just that Hakuba Valley shuttle. Like, yes. each resort has their oh, own. Oh, believe me, I know about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So figuring it out can be tough, right? Yes. So we we tried. So really, there was only one, uh, uh, only one slope open like while we were there. Like, yeah. I think the last day, like, one, another one or... T- 
the second to last day, like another one opened. So when we and, were there, yeah. we were kind of stuck going to a place called Goru. Yep. There was Sagaike was open and Hapoone were open most of the time. Hapoone, but there's much more limited runs, smaller runs. One of them was a Black Diamond run only. So we got kind of stuck going to Goru the whole time because it had yeah. the most open. Which I've heard is the place that consistently opens first every year. Okay. I guess the way it's the mountains facing or something like that. Yeah. I've, this is my third time there, and I've actually never been there. No real reason except it's a little further out from like where we stay. Yeah. Um, so it was all new to me, the snowboarding there. But, um, yeah, so trying so, to take the shuttle there. Not so, easy. yeah, we, well, the first day we got the, um, we went and took your advice. We went to this place called Rhythm Japan, which is a really great, like, board shop. Um they we had everything like reserved ahead of time so we really just got in there got all of our our gear that we needed because i we didn't have boards or helmets or anything like that and then uh uh from there they they said that they'd take us to the slope so they drove they shuttled us to the slope so uh if you need first day i recommend going through them if you could rent you need to rent some gear if you don't have all your own gear and uh get that shuttle and it makes well, it so so australian easy. owned place all english yeah. so great yeah. um but uh after we were done we we were looking at like shuttle times and all the shuttle times say like you know they're gonna finish at like uh five o'clock or so and it, it a lot of it said like shuttle service might not be going because we're still off season right so there were a lot of mixed messages shuttles are going shuttles might not be going you know it was hard to say so uh we saw a shuttle I, I found this one that i called our uh lodge and i said could you guys shuttle us and they were like ah we really can't get over there you know and i was like oh okay they're not coming for us uh -huh. um was it after snowboarding this is after snowboarding. It was three, about three three o'clock is when the or we we finished just before the um, the slopes were closing down for the day, and uh, and then we saw this one. It was like it said like uh, something like seventy two. And I went online. I looked it up, and there were all these confusing charts about like the the charts for like the times and stuff it doesn't say where it's picking up it just has like all these times it says like oh this you know here are all the times but like i, I just really couldn't understand it mm. and uh maybe maybe i'm just dumb it's possible yeah. you know uh i'm not great with that kind of stuff mm. but uh but it seemed it seemed needlessly complex yeah and uh so we saw this one we ran up to it we got inside and there were all these like swiss you know, like Scandinavian, like people in there, skiers mm. and young skiers. And they kind of were looking at us like, I, I don't know if you guys are in the right one. Uh -huh. Had all of our gear with us. It drove us to another lodge and it wasn't our lodge at all. It wasn't, it was luckily in the kind of the right direction, uh -huh. but it wasn't the correct place. So you had to get off? So we had to get off and then we asked and they said, oh yeah, I see that shuttle is leaving right now. That one's got like, that one will take you to this uh, Hapo One, and then Hapo from Hapo One, you could get you know to another shuttle. So it was like running to like you know the stopping things. You know we're in our like snow boots, which you know kind of hurt your feet and stuff. And uh, it was just really a bad time. And after that experience, you know, um, uh, we were waiting around when we finally got to Hapo One. It was like an hour wait, you know, for like the next bus, maybe forty five minutes. Maybe it wasn't quite an hour. But uh, 
all, all the cafes in there were shut down, you know. So I was like, oh, I could get like a um, get a coffee or something, and couldn't do that. Yeah. So uh, it was really kind of a not great. Yeah. So after that, I said, no, we're just taking taxis from now on. Mm. Well, luckily, uh, um, your wife was able to drive us, you know, uh, once or twice, but. Yeah. For the most part, we just took taxis. You could call in English the taxis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the taxi services crazy. use English. Um, I think that's kind of crazy. About the whole town to me, as someone who doesn't speak good Japanese, it's one of the, like the vacation kind of things. Is I can just speak English everywhere here, and yeah, it's, I mean it's kind of weird. I live here, and they just assume I'm a tourist. But there's a certain like freedom and relaxation for me. Like I can't just call a taxi here if I want to right now. I certain, it would be difficult. I have yeah. a certain freedom when I'm there where I just feel like I can reserve at a restaurant to make sure me and my group of, you know, six friends can get in. I, I can call a taxi and there's something to me that's very freeing and nice about that, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't know how, how that would go. Yeah. I just one day I was like, oh, I'll call a taxi and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, luckily, yeah, the taxis always came through. Um, on our first day, there was very little snow. On the second day, it started coming down, and taxis uh, all have uh, snowboard holders too, right? Yeah, they had, which is the coolest thing ever. Oh, right? they were ready. I was like, you know, we have all our snowboard gear, and they're like, oh, no problem, yeah, no yeah, problem. Yeah. As soon as we got there, the guy picked up our stuff, put it on, put it on. You know, it was it was great. Uh, yeah. yeah, like I mean, I, I can't say I've been very down on the taxi services in Japan. Yeah. Um, but I will say, Hakuba taxis, very nice, it's and it's the way to go. Like yeah. it is expensive. I mean, it's like. I think each way it was close to about 3,000 to 4,000 yen, which is, I guess, if you're coming with American dollars, it's not so bad or, yeah. or any other currency, much, I guess, much, real currency. Much cheaper than in the city, though. Like if, in Osaka, that same yeah. distance oh, would be oh, No way, no yeah. way, no way, yeah. 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 So I was so scared the first time I took a taxi. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be... I was in a bad mood about it. Yeah. And I got there, I'm like, what? It was only $35? Like, oh, yeah, all right. not too it's bad. Not, it's not so bad, yeah. I mean, if you're going and you're spending the money on a vacation anyway, yeah. you know, like, I mean, that's the amount. We kind of spent that when we go from, like, Seoul to, to Boondock, yeah, you know. Yeah, right. So, like, I, I look at it as, like, if you're going to go to, to do have fun, you yeah. know, you might as well pay the price. But, um, yeah, I mean, I thought that was great. Um, all right. So, anyway, snowboarding, was it what you thought Japan snowboarding was going to be? Uh, yes and no. Yeah. So, yes... I thought the slopes were really nice. Uh-huh. I thought the the, um, the facilities were really cool. You know, I thought that, like, I mean, pretty basic, bare bones, yeah. but um, uh, pretty easy. That, that, like, that was one of the best facilities in Japan that you went to, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I Relative see, to Japan. It yeah. wasn't until last day that I saw, like, the, the food court and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, the food court was quite nice. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, but easy to get the pass. The pass mm-hmm. were, were, works like IC cards, yeah, you know, yeah. so it was like the kind of thing that you just, it scans and it gets you up the lift you and into the long, gondola. You have to wait a long stuff. time to get the pass? Cause no, 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 no. We yeah. were like always, it was very fast and efficient. They try to encourage you to buy it online. They skip the lines, but the line, unless you're going first line in the morning, it's, they're not that bad. Yeah. Right? yeah. We, we have the dogs, so we, we spent all morning with the dog, Ooh. wearing them out, yeah. you know, and then we got the uh, half day passes yeah. always, and the half day passes are slightly cheaper. Not quite half price, you know, maybe uh, like thirty percent off or something. I think it's only saying off. Yeah, it's not that much. It's, yeah, it's definitely nowhere near. It's like ten percent off. But you know, I'm not a professional. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not a like well seasoned snowboarder. Uh, you know, I'm an amateur at best. Yeah. So, um, 
for us, like, you know, half the day. And my wife, you know, she, she struggles with her back and stuff. So uh, we couldn't do like full days of snowboarding anyway. So the half price ticket was great. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. The only thing was we were early. It was the only place open. So it was very busy. And it, there were so many families. So the only thing that I imagined would be um, that was different was the amount of people on the slopes. I've heard that like in Japan, you often have like a lot of free, free freedom. You know, there's not like tons of people, you know, there's enough space for everyone, you know. In this case, it was very similar to the Korea situation, I guess we had where there were a lot of people on the slopes, a lot of people learning how to ski and snowboard. Um, you know, like, like I said, I'm no expert, so I, I shouldn't really, you know, I crashed a few times. I, I probably, but well, honestly, for the beginners, it's worse when there's more beginners. Yeah. Someone like me, I, I can navigate around them, right? It's, yeah. a, it's a little annoying, but like, it's fine. I can get around them for you or my wife or my son. I get like so worried for you guys. I'm like, oh my, this is the worst scenario of, you know, you guys are just learning and there's all these other people learning around you. And you can just tell, I, I tell my family when someone has their hands out, like the, Oh, oh crap kind of moment yeah stay away you just want to stay like <laughs> it's a good sign you know because all the beginners they hold their hands out on snowboards especially right yeah like they're bracing for a fall and yeah those are the ones you gotta look out for but um yeah i'm so glad you guys went but those are honestly the worst it was the worst case scenario conditions for, for japan yeah. snowboarding in so many ways and for me I, I still feel very um every day i'm like looking up can i get back that can i find an over, <laughs> overnight bus because it didn't yeah. scratch my itch you know for me i get these two trips a year i go hakubo once i go to niseko once and i look forward to it all year and i watch all the videos and get all hyped on going you know yeah and this was easily the most disappointing I, i've yeah. not had a disappointing trip this is the only disappointing one yeah and uh it's particularly a warm year in japan matt and i are sitting here in almost january matt's not even wearing a jacket nope he's got you know just a heavy shirt on and it's you know, 50 something degrees here it's very and, nice uh, yeah so with that the snowboarding season is incredibly late so it is risky to go you know mid-december in japan i'd say if you're traveling here to go snowboarding yeah definitely come in mid-january you know or february it's prime season you're gonna be fine no matter where you go but um everyone was there thinking it's gonna be popping off you know we should have been safe a bit and you had probably five percent of all of hakuba open maybe yeah. less than five percent yeah and, you know, people have to book these trips in advance. So local people maybe know, hey, if you're living in Nagano, yeah, don't come out, you know. But Hakuba is known for international crowds. So you got all these people coming there. And there's pretty much, you know, one course open. Yeah. And, yeah, it was so, so packed. You couldn't even go top to bottom of the mountain. So you just have the, you know, the slope at the tops open. So normally, you know, you can cruise all the way down. There's so many different terrain you can do. And I don't know how to describe it, but it, it's kind of like going to a steak restaurant and only be able to get like an appetizer of bread for a place that's like their filet mignon is the best. And yeah. you, you had to go and just get the bread appetizer and go home, you know? Yeah. That's kind of how it was. Uh, in terms of like, not the town and all that, that, that was fine and you got the feel, but the actual snowboarding, you know? The last two days, the snow quality was, that's as good well, as the snow quality gets. I, I will say that last day was the best snow conditions I've ever s snowboarded in. Yeah. Like I, I've had like bad luck or, or I've gone off season, you know, in, a, a lot of times. 
I did one snowboarding trip in Big Bear that was terrific. Mm. But other than that, like, you know, uh, and, and this, the snow quality was, was best. Like, I mean, that was really nice. Um, that was our last day there. Mm. Uh, I dumped, like, it dumped on us. We got, know, we got like a foot of snow, yeah. 30 centimeters in one yeah. night. My dog loved it, yeah. popping, popping, you know, doing the hopping thing in the snow, you know. I'm so glad you are able to see, like, that snow. At least you got that, you know. Like, uh, I ran into a family, you know, at our school that was up there. Yeah. And I was kind of being a little bit, like, critical. Because they go every year, too, right? So, for them, I'm like, man, yeah, what a bad year. And he's like, but at least we got today. Like, today is great, you know? Yeah. Yeah, fair, fair enough, you know? Yeah. They actually extended their trip two days. They're supposed to leave the day we all left. Yeah. They stayed for two more days. Oh, yeah. It kept snowing. Yeah. And every, everything, of course, two days after we left, top to bottom, the course oh, was I'm open. Sure, and then, sure. yeah. So we just missed it. And that's the risk you take. You know, you pay, I want to say half price. The lifts, lifts are the same, but uh, like hotels and stuff are half price. Two thirds, maybe. Yeah. So you take a big risk doing that. And I'll say the thing that taught me was like, because I only go twice a year, and I look forward to it so much, I'm not gonna take the risk anymore. Yeah. I'll, I'll go uh, January 1st and I'll pay more money. And Cause the thing for me wasn't necessarily the money, it was that it would be less crowded if you go early. But when they don't open the courses, it's actually in the end way more crowded. Uh, and it could be a waste of money, right? Like if you, yeah. it, like it, our first day was hit or miss. Like they were still like in the morning, they were like, maybe it's gonna be open, maybe it's not. Yeah. And we were, we didn't even know if we were going to get a chance to go. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, for what I was looking for, it yeah. worked out. For you guys. I had a wonderful trip, you yeah. know, and um, uh, it was interesting traveling with our dog, you know, mm -hmm. to see how that, that worked out, yeah. you know. And, uh, like I said, I got to experience Japan in the snow. I really haven't had that, you Ooh. know. We had, like, the little trinkle here in Osaka. I've seen a little bit, you know, and so on your way out, you would have got to see beautiful oh, snow. Yeah, no, nah, on the way them? out, so you it see was those lake, from the first thirty yeah. minutes from Hakuba to Matsumoto. Those first thirty minutes, you see like the lake towns. Oh, and it's it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, no, that was the magical moment. Okay. So, leaving, we uh, we left in the morning, and it was just like prime, like the sunlight, you know, shining on like you know the snow. Everything yeah. was glowing. Everything was beautiful thick snow all over everything and then uh, i told my wife you know like wow you know the japan really and places really transform in the snow mm. like it could be any place but yeah. uh there's a magical quality to the snow that uh is so picturesque the other part about snow though is cold and like you know i, I was i was happy to kind of get back <laughs> into osaka because um you know i mean also walking our dog in the snow a lot and everything I'm not used to like the snow conditions, you know, mm -hmm. I haven't lived in snow in a, a long time. So, yeah. uh, and even the snow that we get in like where I lived in California, it'd be for like a, a day or two and it would be gone, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, uh, was your yeah. lodge not incredibly warm? Oh, it was because, incredibly warm. Yeah. yeah for it, me, was, it was. While it's cold outside there, overall, my life in Hakuba or Hokkaido is way, way, way warmer in my life here in Kobe. Oh, yeah, Because yeah. when I think I'm... I, I, again, not to give too much information, I had to just sleep in my underwear again, which is why I always <laughs> had to do. too much information. Because <laughs> I can't sleep in clothes in these places. We have the air... I had the heat off at night. The heat was off. Yeah. It's pouring snow like that because the houses are built properly like they are in a Western country there. I was... They're insulated. Yeah. So now I'm yeah. back home again. It's 50 degrees here. 
but not snowing. I'm so cold all the time here. Uh, it's true. For me, I find it, I don't know what it is. Do you ever use a public bathroom when you're there? All the public bathrooms in Nagano have hot water. Yeah, so yeah. So you just turn on the faucet yeah, and yeah. it's instantly hot. Yeah, it was hot. If I went to the bathroom today at Family Mart, 50 degree day, my hands are so cold because oh, yeah, it's yeah. pumping out cold water. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm not walking a dog, so it's probably very different. Um, and I imagine if you walk a dog, you kind of just got your pajamas. You're not always getting dressed for it. I, I don't know. Well, I but, had to get dressed in this case. It was so cold. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it was perfect. It was great snow weather. It wasn't that cold. It wasn't that windy, yeah. except that last the day. Last the last day. day we had some wind. The last day they got the experience. And I, I forgot, as someone who loves powder and I got pretty good gear and stuff, I'm super comfortable. I got the goggles that are the rose goggles, so they uh, light up when it's dark. You know, you can see everything. Still oh, yeah, yeah. And so you don't have all that gear and you're out there in a storm where it's dumping 30 centimeters of snow. It can be treacherous, you know, for people yeah. who are new. And visibility is very low. Yeah. And that, that day I... I kind of, I was loving it, but I was like, oh man, this, this is definitely a hard day for casual people. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Um, I, and I, the, the, what do you call it? The lift? Oh point yeah, we were on the lift. sideways. Yeah, we were on the lift and a, a blizzard hit. They had to stop the lift. Oh. And, um, I, I mean, not a blizzard, but like, uh, close to very, blizzard, yeah. very yeah. good gust, yeah. uh, lots of snow coming down at one time. And, uh, yeah, that's when my wife was out. She's afraid of heights. Both and, of our wives quit. I, 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 I'm, I'm somewhat i have a healthy fear of heights mm. and so i wasn't i was holding on pretty tight at that uh, point but uh but that was pretty yeah that was pretty scary i'll admit that was that was not super fun uh, but uh but the snowboarding was worth it so it, i would have kept going yeah, you know? that, they did uh, they did say that if the wind keeps up they might close down the the lifts so. i would say the moments where our wives i love our wives but just happenstance I think other people probably cut out then at that time too. It became a little less crowded. Yeah. That moment of me, you and our, my son going for those last two hours or so, that was like, for me, like, oh, man, can we just get one more day of this or two more days of this? Like, yeah. this is this is it, you know? Yeah, it would have been nice to have three, because I did three days of snowboarding. Mm. It would have been nice to have three days of that. But, you know, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need perfect conditions right, and stuff. Right. I'm not like, but at know, the same time, super... it didn't make you catch the bug. Like I went in that same way as you yeah. super casual stuff. And I had very, it was during COVID. So it was even more dead than usual. It was, you know, normal to good sure, conditions. Sure, yeah. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever done. Yeah. You know, I imagine if you, you went and it was like empty and then the great snow, you know, like, that would yourself, be, yeah. I mean, that would be a magical experience. So, yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm used to having like busy courses and like, yeah. you know, seeing a lot of people on the, Ooh. on the slope. So yeah. you want to uh, go again though, this season, right? Like to I, I would, yeah, yeah. I would like to go to the local places I heard. I keep, um, I keep checking cause yeah. now is nothing but time, right? Yeah. Like, the weather is not good. So yeah. We might try to go next week at the very end of the week. Might be okay. I'll let you know. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, please. Because yeah. I'd be down to go again. Uh, I have to. I'd have to rent all the equipment and stuff. But yeah. Um, but on your trip, you swam by Nagoya. Yes. Anything new to report from Nagoya? That was cool. Um. No, Nagoya though. You know, it is an interesting place. It's like uh, I feel like it's very new. Like even since the last time I've been there, I think we went pre-COVID. And I felt like the downtown area had a lot of new stuff, mm. a lot of more trendy, trendy stuff than before. Like very mm. Tokyo-esque, like kind of trendy places. Like I went into this one record shop 
that was also a perfume shop. Oh, like cool. on one side, they had like perfumes and soap. And on the other side, they had the guy in there. I, uh, I accidentally, I didn't realize it was closing time and he probably just kicked out the last people in there. But um, they had a lot of cool records. So I wanted to flip through and see if they had something. Uh, um, was this in the I normal wanted. record part of town? Do you know where Shibuya is? And it's like a, a cafe or it's like a dining place. It's like really fancy looking uh, restaurant. And I, it, it's very nice. Shibuya and Nagoya. It's called Shibuya. <laughs> That's the name of the place. Yeah. Um, right next to it is this record shop. Okay. It's kind of near the show, big Shoten guy. But Nagoya is very spread out. Yeah. So like you have to walk really like from where, okay. where I was to get back to our hotel. It was pretty far. Our hotel was by the station. Nagoya station. Nagoya station. I was on the other end of town. Yeah. So on the other end of town, like, I was in this place called Osukanan. It's down south. There's a really skinny park in Nagoya. Okay. On. No. It's like the, uh, what's the San Francisco park called? Golden Gate Park, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't oh, know. There's San a famous Francisco, scar. Yeah. Similar shape. Anyhow. Uh, you know that you've been to the Tenderloin. You know, know San Francisco. Maybe better than you. San Francisco, way better than me. Uh, I've never been. Hate, I've been to the hate. I've been to it all. Anyhow, <laughs> Nagoya definitely has some distinct feels where you are. So I stayed in the Nagoya station area, Sakai area. I didn't like it. You know, famously on this podcast, I've dogged Nagoya. Yeah. But finally, when I got to the east side of Nagoya, south side, or this Osukenan area, it's more of the vintage, um, bohemian area. Then I started actually. I turned, you know, I came out and said, oh, I was wrong. I, I, Nagoya does have some cool, cool stuff. Yeah. It was really crowded, though. Yeah. I don't know if... Uh, I think there's a lot of big cities in that part of Japan, so I think a lot of people flock there from, like, the mm. countryside, is my theory. I don't know. But it is definitely more crowded, although technically it's the second biggest city besides Tokyo slash Yokohama. So, I mean, it is a huge city. But it definitely feels more crowded than Osaka. Yeah. Well, at least for me. Oh, the station was crazy. Like, yeah. like we were... We had a little bit of trouble navigating with our... our yeah, we still had luggage with us, like, and a dog. And getting Ooh. through the station was a little bit harder there than it was in other places. But um, but it's still a very convenient city and yeah. um, good food. Did you go to Midtown? We went to Midtown. Yeah. They've definitely changed things. Good or bad? Uh, not as good, mm-hmm. but still good. All right. So we got down. we got the Wagyu nachos, which is kind of a ripoff. I would say that if you like the beef, go for the Wagyu beef mm-hmm. because it's very delicious. Yeah. But um, and you waste a little bit of that when you get the nachos because right. it's like other things. Yeah. But that being and it's like thirty five bucks for nachos, right? It's not cheap. Yeah. But it was our Christmas meal, and um, uh. It was delicious. Mm. That was fantastic. We almost got those. Their buffalo wings have changed. They're more like Indian spices okay. than uh, they were good. They were also good, but yeah. they were not buffalo. I, I'm a I'm a buffalo enthusiast. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So that was a little different. And then we got um, their ribs, and their ribs. They used to bring sauce to the the table this is my famous and point of this restaurant they've quit the bringing the sauce to the table and uh that was a bummer because there wasn't enough sauce on those ribs famously for me at this place they wouldn't bring out the sauce this is like two years ago yeah and they sell sauce in a bottle yeah and i went over like stared them in the eye bought their sauce for 20 dollars, brought it back to my table and just ate the ribs like that yeah because <laughs> like, that's what you need to do at that place 
Yeah, yeah. It, the whole interior changed from what I remember too. So like, really? yeah, it was very different than yeah. from what I remember. So, um, but um, that being said, it was still a decent meal. You know, like I, I thought it, the it was everything was good tasting. Yeah. It wasn't great, great yeah. like it used to be. Yeah, um, chop hits in Osaka is better for American. Oh barbecue. yeah, chop hits is best. I think so too. Um, the other thing that I did was I went to Zara May Donuts, which is if you like donuts. That is, it's, it's a little distance, like 30 minute, 20 minute trip from uh, the station mm-hmm. uh, to get get there. So it's a little bit out of the way, but their donuts are some of the best. Mm-hmm. They have one called a, a plump donut. Plump. And the plump donut is a combination of a yeast raised donut and mochi donut. Mm-hmm. And so it has all the great qualities of, a, of both worlds. Yeah. <laughs> so. If you like mochi donuts, uh, or even if you don't, like I recommend trying that because uh, they are some of the tops in Japan. Yeah. For donuts, so yeah, I got got that. But That's... like I said, we was just an overnight stay, so yeah. we didn't get that much time. I hit up some record shops, didn't find anything that much. Ooh. I still like this one called Zoo Records. It's a it's a really cool place. They have a lot of bargain bins, but you know, after snowboarding, I, I didn't have the strength to like bend over and yeah. and go through those bargain bins anymore. My crate digging days are like top shelf <laughs> <laughs> these days. I went to Nagoya on the way in. I've been you know recently and reported back. It's yeah, same. I, I really like it there. It seems like a really good place to live for me, mm. honestly. Yeah, um, it's, it's big. Yeah, it's spread out and it take a while to get into, but. Uh, the thing I want to report back on is Kanazawa more. Kanazawa for me is definitely like, yeah, look, I mean, I lived here 10 years, so I've done Kyoto, I've done Osaka. It's great to have something else, you know, that gives you that kind of excitement level again. So, yeah, if you're new, I'm not saying get to Kanazawa straight away. But if you are new and you don't like big cities, you like a medium to small size city that still has a lot of culture, I would say get to Kanazawa straight away. Or a place that you can get the nature really close to. You know, it's very close to the water there. I will say I've heard it, it rains there all the time. Mm. Slash in the winter snows all the time. Yeah. Something about the way it's situated. Uh, it was only like two hour drive from Hakuba, two and a half hour drive. Although we drove through a crazy snowstorm and traffic and it took five hours. And we sat in traffic for two hours on the road. Wow. I don't know if I told you this. Yeah. We thought the roads were going to shut down. It was kind of a scary situation. I won't get into too much because I don't think it'll help the podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you more off mic. But uh, I'll tell you what, it was worth it to be there in the snow because it's it's a very Kyoto-like city. Okay. I would say if you take Kyoto and take a third of the size of Kyoto, and uh, that's pretty much what it is. And to be able to walk in cobblestone streets, the traditional houses. It, and it looked boring. Yeah. Yeah, it from was, the photos I saw, it looked really nice. It was probably a top two, three moment in Japan for me. And I'll put those other ones, probably Hokkaido or Nagano moments, actually, for me. There's something about the snow in Japan. It's, it kind of rarely happens here compared to other places, at least for me. Um, but it is just so pretty. Japan, so, I guess it's the mountains and the lakes and all that, but this looks really good in the snow. Yeah. Everyone knows Sakura, everyone knows the leaves, I guess, but I guess you don't hear people talk about the snow as much. Yeah, but this town... I always say rain. Like, I always like, uh, like, I like the Japanese cities in the rain. I like the rain, too. I feel we get a lot of rain here, so it's well, like there's no shortage. Not downpour, but like no a, nice, of a nice sprinkle is nice. Yeah. yeah. But the, one of the crazy things about Kanazawa and the snow is they must get a ton of snow because they have this water sprinkler system. My wife and I were actually just debating in the car 
We're talking about how in, where I'm from in Michigan, you use salt to get rid of the snow. Right. And the road conditions were quite bad, but I didn't think it was snowing as much to warrant these bad conditions. I was like, oh, it doesn't look like they're using salt. And I heard that salt isn't very good for the environment, so a lot of places don't do it. So then she was like, yeah, I think in Japan they use water a lot. And I was like, water is the worst. It's going to ice over. That, that's horrible. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, no, no, I think they use water here to get rid of the snow. Sure enough, as soon as we start getting into Kanazawa, right off the toll road, at the toll gate, there's water shooting out onto the road. See, I told you, I was like, I don't know. I think that was kind of a fluke, you know? But as we get in, like, proper downtown Kanazawa, there are water sprinklers that pop out of the center of the road, right on, like, the yellow or white lines on the road. And they're just shooting everywhere. They're like um, six. It's like a circular spout, so it goes in all directions. It's getting your car all wet and stuff. And sure enough, it, it works. It can't be too cold, so I'm guessing they don't get crazy low temperatures. Yeah, it's probably right around like the 32 zero mark, and it works. But my son and I walked around that night and the next morning because it was just so beautiful. And you have to have waterproof clothes on because you, you get wet everywhere you walk. You're getting shot by sprinklers. Huh. They're all over the city. Wow. And so we could dot. I mean, dodging the snow is hard because you got snow up to your knees and stuff, <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah. But then you're doing that, and then there's sprinklers everywhere. And everyone's wearing like the Wellington boots, you know, those like the rubber style. Yeah, boots. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like the standard boot there. Everyone had them on a pie, and I guess it doesn't hit you there. But um, yeah, that city, man, just has a great cafe scene, amazing art scene. There's so many cool like modern art galleries. Not like Kyoto, you know, has art galleries, and they have some modern ones, but they definitely specialize in the old traditional. Yeah. This city has big conceptual art galleries. Unless you go to the Sutaya, yeah, Sutaya right. Bookstore, yeah, uh, in Kyoto. Really good shopping, like some really like obscure, rare brands that only like Tokyo has and stuff. Mm. For some reason, Kanazawa has them. And uh, I don't know how to describe it, just a very romantic, magical city. No tourism, which is right now for me one of my big complaints about yeah. living here. Yeah, so, sounds nice. I mean, I was a tourist, right? But yeah, you don't see any other tourists. You kind of kind of feel special there because you don't see a lot of English speakers. There's a big fish market there, a huge fish market. Really, really good. So. From here, I checked because I'm like dying to go back again. It's only 8,000 yen. There's like a kind of limited express train yeah. called the Thunderbird. So 8,000 yen each way. It's like four hours. So you could go there on a Friday, you know, come back on a Sunday. Yeah, I'd say yeah. it'd be ideal on a three-day weekend. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm looking to going back already. And this is my second time there. Yeah, that sounds cool. I just did two nights. So. Yeah, I definitely want to go. After seeing your photos, I, I thought like it's, it looks like a kind of place that's worth checking out, like doing a day trip or... Or, or not a day trip, but uh, spending some time there. A night or two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, I strong recommend on Kanazawa. Yeah, cool. I could probably do a whole episode on it. But uh, yeah, just the quick quick one. Kanazawa Station is not where you want to be. It's kind of like Kyoto in that way. Mm. It's a very generic area. It's where the Shinkansen gets off at. Yeah. Um, you want to go down by like the fish market, which is like a 15-minute, 20-minute walk south of there. Okay. Um, I don't think they have a great train system there. I think you would need to take buses or take taxi there. Yeah. Or just walk if you're like me. Um, but yeah, quick, you know, stay away from Kanazawa Station. Go south. That's my advice. Okay. Anyway, that is a wrap. Yep. I'm David and Matt. Do Hakuba uh, music. Bought an album today. Oh, is I that, did. Is that worth, yeah, is yeah. That worth doing? Yeah, we could do this yeah. one. Yeah. Um, this guy, uh, I just learned about him not that long ago. Very similar. He reminds me of like the some of the modern beat maker, kind of like new age beat. It's not exactly lo-fi. It's like, like, uh, like hippie. Yeah, yeah. Well, it has like, you know, like that 
ethereal sound is the way uh, I'd I'd describe it. Fluid, watery sounds, you might say. Yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) yes, yeah. It's a secret, secret uh, like of mine. Um, But uh, his name's Guru Kanek. And, uh, yeah, I've I've seen him produce, like, some people that I like. And uh, today I was on Spotify and I, I, I was listening to one of his songs and it... It has water dripping. You sound. just heard the song today and went out and bought it, like an instant go out and buy it. It's brand new. Like this, oh, just just came out. Wow, so like it was it. just a lucky, you know. Like you can't wait around. Japanese record presses. If there's something you really want, they'll come and go very quickly. So especially somebody who's not, you know, super well known like Guru Connect is. So he, one of our favorite female rappers. Uh, she's been featured in the Women of Japanese Ooh. Rap. Go listen back to our, our archived episodes for that mixtape. Uh, but uh, Dalko, she's like one of our people, one of the people we've been following for a long Ooh. time. She's recently left the big labels. I think she was on Warner Brothers or oh, something. Really? But she's left. And so she hasn't been, she's said she's doing music, Ooh. but like I haven't heard a lot of her music. You know, she released a short EP that was pretty good with Ooh. like, the original guy that was making beats for her and stuff mm-hmm. and so she's getting back into like the rap game because uh, she was doing like pop music for I a personally while. got disinterested yeah. in her because of that yeah, yeah so uh, on this uh, this 45 that I got uh, it, she's back and she's working with this guy Guru Kanet and the song's title is Affordance 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 yeah. and uh, yeah Please enjoy. It has the water sprinklers from uh, <laughs> Kanazawa. Kanazawa. There you go. <laughs> All right. Until next time, everyone. All right. See ya. Peace.